This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Knockout Podcast, episode 40. Um, a little a little week off, you know, everyone everyone has a week they needed to take off and we we tactically chose a week which involved some awful fights. I think the only fight we <laughs> we uh, we previewed was Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis and about an hour after that went out, um, I think it was Curtis Blades got COVID, COVID positive so that fight was taken from the card and Basically, any any sort of slither of hope or, or sort of intrigue I had in that card went. So um, we took a week off and we come back with an okay card. I think there's I think there's a few things to talk about from the Manson Pretori card, but also uh, a, a sort of an underrated UFC 256, which maybe hasn't got the headliner, but has certainly got a um, solid main card to, to to close the year out. Yeah, it was. We were. We really were kind of bookended by just bad cards either side. So it was like a bit of a rest is never hurt anyone. Um, but no, I think two two five six is. Um, it looks very good to be honest. Um, I'm very excited for it. It should be uh, the the like five fight main card is like really consistently very good. Like every fight contains like kind of top ranked contenders or prospects and most of them are kind of action fighters. Like, you're not going to get a bad fight out of, like, Tony Ferguson, Charles Oliveira, just, like, saying those two names next to each other. They're both, yeah. like, incredible action fighters. Like, they ca- literally cannot produce a bad fight. It's I don't see it po- being possible. And then, like, the same goes for the rest of the fights on the main card, to be honest. So, um, somewhat maybe lacking in kind of star power, but from the quality of the fights, I would guess, it should be fantastic, to be honest. Yeah, well, uh, me and Jack will get into that in a little bit. We'll start with um, Hermanson versus Vittori, that card, um, and, and we'll move move on a bit later to to that. Um, so, Hermanson Vittori, do you want to do you want to start with that main event, and we can sort of pick out a few things afterwards? Yeah. Um, so, basically, it was just kind of it was a fairly uneventful fight. From what I kind of remember, and I'm say what I remember because I don't remember much of it because it was fairly uneventful. The only thing I really recall is that Jack Manson looked like he'd never seen a straight left in his life. Um, and that information is quite sad for Darren Till, who, based on that, probably would have killed Jack Manson had they actually come together. Um, so that's a bit unfortunate for Darren Till missing out on that fight, which looked to be fairly stylistically favorable. Um, Although maybe Hermanson probably could have got the wrestling going a bit more against Till than I imagine he could against Vittori. Um, but yeah, overall, just a fairly solid kind of workman performance from Vittori. Did what he needed to do. Um, just kind of leaned on his basics, which is what he mostly is. Yeah, I mean, he came in. I think, I think, solid performance. I think, you know, coming in on one week notice, I think, well, essentially, it was, it was probably about one week notice. I think that, that deserves yeah, credit. That. Um, and it's certainly a really good win from I think Hermanson was ranked fourth um, in the yeah, in the light heavyweight rankings, nice. so, or, or, or sorry, the middleweight rankings. Um, so that should certainly get him into the top. How do you think six? Maybe. Um, I wonder whether they've updated it, but yeah. we've we've got. I think, we've, we've I think there was. I think there was some controversy because uh, Darren Till got moved up the rankings, <laughs> amazing, um, um, despite not fighting. Um, 
But yeah, it was a yeah a good fight. Yeah. As you mentioned, that that left hand, um, essentially just straight ahead. I think I looked at the stats after. I think it was ninety percent of the shots for Tory through, or something like that, were were at the head. And it's like, you know, I don't I don't blame Vittori because, as you said, it was working all night. But surely from Hermanson, either either there had to be some sort of adaptation between opponent changes as to figure out like Vittori's main weapon is that straight left or in the fight there had to be something from the corner to say you know duck under it you know, he's just throwing that straight right that's that straight left try and slip it it's like it, it was just his face was just there all night and that sort yeah, of I, it wouldn't have even have to be a stylistic change though between opponents because like darren till is mostly a straight left as well so um yeah that is true. <laughs> like that is true. really it, you can't even blame that so i don't i he just hadn't ever it seemed figured out how to box with a southpaw and then late on it seemed that like he hadn't figured out how to box with a southpaw and then he kind of never considered whether or not he should box with the southpaw kind of and just kept trying to do his best but never really significantly change it up we didn't see the um i mean he, he he is a very weird fighter sort of like very sort of Herky jerky movements, um, but I thought I thought the leg kick wasn't there a lot. I thought he'd go to the leg kick a lot more, and just like I think I think Hermanson's the kind of guy that is his striking is only really effective when it's mixed in with the threat of a takedown or mixed in with him moving forward um, using that clinch, sort of sort of. The cliche of like Frankie Edgar in his late featherweight run. It's like if he can't get the takedown, he's in trouble. Sort you know what we saw against him and Korean Zombie before he moved down. It's like if if Hermanson can't get that sort of hybrid wrestling clinch game going, then his striking becomes very predictable and sort of very easy to to nullify. Yeah, uh, he is a very kind of limited striker in that sense, and does lean heavily on it cut the takedown and the kind of in and out movement leaping in kind of playing off each other um and it just didn't um but yeah good win for vittori um got him up it moved him up eight places yeah a rankings, great so a great um, very good for him what, where, where's he now in what sixth seventh he's fifth fifth, fifth. wow fifth um, manson down in six hill got moved up two places to four <laughs> amazing um, I mean, but perhaps somehow. perhaps the perhaps the Vittori Till fight is is one to make. I can't see. Um, maybe Till Cannoneer, maybe. Yeah, um, I think both of those would be quite interesting. Costa, of course, is is hanging around. Although, uh, to be honest, a, a lot of a lot of this hinges on what on earth's going on with Adesanya. I don't think we've had any concrete confirmation no. either way as to whether it's he's. Just there is nothing interesting, particularly for him. Um, he's yeah. the main issue. Not not his fault, but um, it's a bit. What are you what are you going to do? Yeah, but a solid, uh, you know, a decent enough fight, um, and good good to see Vittori get a win on short notice. Um, elsewhere on the card, I mean, there were a lot of a lot of. Moments, a lot of late sort of pullouts from these fights on COVID or weight cutting wise. Um, one fighter you mentioned before we went on was um, Ilya Taporia, who who was on the prelims and got a got a first round knockout against um, 
Damon Jackson. I, I I remember the name when I saw it on the card because he 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 was one of um an, a a sort of a famed group of fighters who who joined my Acker Ruiners. I remember I oh. I tipped. Uh, I think I tipped Yusuf Zalal to beat him because um, because he, he came oh, in as a late yeah. late a late replacement. And I was like, right, this is this is a, this is a Zalal win here. He came in, he, he ruined that week's Acker. But I think, to be honest, after that performance, I might be sticking sort of with him in future Ackers because that was a, a very <laughs> impressive performance. Yeah, uh, yeah, certainly. What he just like looks quite developed for a twenty-three-year-old. Um, he counters well, um, like mixes up his combos quite well, and to between levels, body and head. Uh, hits pretty hard. He's got fairly decent defense. Like he moves his head at least, like well enough, good enough for MMA at least. Um, and yeah, he just um, seems to be a fairly good prospect. To be honest, um, I like the look of him. So yeah, I'll another be one in following the his division. career and his fights going forward. Yeah, uh, well, I mean it's a brilliant division, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, <laughs> and he'll he'll st- it will still take him a while to get into the rankings, I imagine. Um, yeah, with it being such a good division. Yeah. So we'll get to see a lot of him before he gets to a title shot, I imagine, if he does get to a title shot like this. Um, um, yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, what else What else on this card sort of took your fancy? I, I, I mentioned, as before we went on, Smolka Quinones, you know, nothing nothing in terms of uh, huge ram- ram- ramifications, um, but Smolka's a fun fight, and that certainly was a fun fight for all of the sort of two and a half rounds it really that, was. It, that, it, that, it, that it went on. We had... Um, Jordan Levitt with a a twenty two second slam against um, poor old Matt Weinman sort of like picked him up his corner his corner yelled bring him over here he sort of like trudged over with Matt Weinman towards <laughs> his corner and just sort of slammed him down and that was that and it was quite a nice slam like a lot of slams you see are kind of accidental or um, maybe not so accidental headbutts that result in the knockout. Yeah. But here he really like framed off well with the forearm before he slammed him down. So it was actually a, a nice, clean slam knockout. So that was fun. Um, and then, yeah, also um, Mowgli Benitez versus Justin James. Uh, Mowgli looked fantastic. Um, kicks so hard. It's ridiculous. Um, tore up his body and his legs with the kicks. And the uppercut was giving James trouble as well for as long as the fight lasted. Um which was a good ad- like adaptation, like mid-fight. Um, he started working in the uppercut, and then the intercepting knee as well um, was brilliant to end it. <laughs> but yeah, really good performance from Benitez. Uh, and actually, like a fairly okay-ish card, like kind of more low, like low star power kind of fighters putting in fun performances. So yeah, yeah it was enjoyable. Yeah, I think. The only one we didn't mention, which I'll briefly mention, is 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 the co-main um, Jamal Hill defeating OSP. I mean, I think the OSP any any sort of uh, win over OSP at this stage in his career has got to be sort of taken for what it is, um, and it's a good win and certainly a good name on Jamal Hill's um, resume. But this 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 was certainly one of the slower fights on the card, and I think Jamal Hill is going to have to do. Quite a bit more before we can sort of see him um, in the... Oh, God, I've just actually seen his record, and he's got a no contest for a positive marijuana test. That is annoying. Jeez. Okay. I mean, <laughs> Whatever. 
I mean, that yeah. is when when on earth will they stop with that? But yeah, Jamal Hill that, yeah. could win against against OSP. OSP is essentially washed at this point. If you just if you sort of keep any sort of vague pressure on him, he'll sort of tire after a round and a half, and that's essentially what he did. And Jamal Hill finished him off. Yep, that is it. But yeah, cool. no, as you were as you were saying, a good card, solid, better than expectations, and certainly better than the Smith uh, Devon Clark card that we. Um, decided oh, yeah. to not cover because that was that was awful. That's not good. Let's not around the bush. No, it was um, not good. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. With, with all that said, although actually another one, actually I will quickly say, Dan Valente, another loss. Surely, surely another step towards getting cut. Oh surely. yeah, and in the in kind of like as a segue, like to segue to Dana saying that a lot of fighters are getting cut. Jan Valente has got to be on the list now. Uh, yeah, like, I'm sorry. If, if Yoel saying... Romero is getting the sack. Yeah. Um, unless, like, Jan Valente wants to pay to fight. Um, it's the only way I could see him staying in the UFC for any amount of time. Um, no. So, yeah, this probably will be the end of Jan Valente. Um, sad for him it's on a personal great. level. But from a watching fights perspective, I'm very happy. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah, that is that is very true. Um, so yeah, condolences to Jan Valente, um, but we do hope you're psyched. Um We'll move then, I think, to be honest, to two five six, which has which has 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 had so many different fights on it. At one point, it looked like it was going to be Burns Usman, and we had the Yat the Yan Sterling and um, Nunez Anderson combo. Um, there was talks of Ferguson Chandler. Now we've ended up with a flyweight title fight only only one month after their last fight. It's, it's all sort of been very mishmash, but we've ended up with, as we said earlier, a cracking card. Yeah, we really have. Um, it should be. Wanna, um, yeah. Want to start at the, at the bottom and work our way out? Yeah. Well, I guess the bottom of the main card. Yeah. Um, sure. not... JDS, Cyril um, Gan. Gan, eh? Gan, I think, yeah, this is quite the step up for Cyril Gan. Um, his last fight was against Tanner Bosch, and that was all the way back in December of last year. So it will be about a month, a month, a year since he's been out. Uh, he was, I he was not realised to... it. I'd not realised it's been that long. Very strange. Yeah, he, he was supposed to fight. I'm looking at his wiki now. He's supposed to fight Shamil Abdurakimov in April, um, and then he was supposed to fight Sergei Pavlovich, um, and those were both done for various injuries. And then I think he was supposed to fight another guy, but then there was something to do with a PFL contract. So all sorts of things, but it's it's, it's worked out in the sense that in not fighting for a year, he, his his sort of opponents have got progressively better, and he now ends up yeah. with <laughs> he, he now ends up fighting JDS, who I don't know if he's still yeah he's now he's apparently still seventh in the rankings. Yeah. Wait till I, um, I mean this is a, a cracking opportunity for him. He's obviously a guy that comes in with a a lot of hype, and as much as you know, JDS is not the JDS of old. This is this is still a massive step up for him. Yeah, um, it is like what far and above any anyone he's ever fought before. Um, yeah, as you said, it is kind of old JDS at this point, significantly past his best. Um, and I don't know. I can see it seems like a bit of a default in this sense, a kind of like default to picking. Gone to win based on like 
he's kind of got a lot of hype um, and he, for good reason. And with JDS being so far past his prime, but um, I don't know. It'd be interesting. Um, the odd, the odds are crazy. I think um, Cyril Gann is is like a minus four fifty favorite. That maybe I maybe I won't go I mean, that, that far. It's but. like yeah, it's like I think I think I would have favored Gann coming into this. I think you know we always we always we always joke about Tanabosa being the sort of the guy who can move in the heavyweight division but Cyril Gann is is a guy who can move he can switch it he's got he's got a heel hook on his resume um he is a guy that is talented all over sort of in in, in every facet of 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 the game this is still JDS and it's like i think as we as as we said with JDS when he fought Rose's joint the the textbook on how to beat JDS is there, but he's still very much a live dog in those sort of early couple of minutes, early rounds, and and Cyril Gann's still got to be careful and still got to you know put on a cracking performance if he's going to put him away. Yeah, it was like, um, and against like Tanabosa, Cyril Gann didn't have like it all his own way. Like Bosa, um, it was not necessarily a tough fight, but like Gann had to work more than he has against like a lot of his other opponents so far. Um, and that was like what Bosa kind of moving in and out and having a decent jab. Uh, and JDS has a good jab. Um, so, and he puts combos together quite together quite nicely. So um, I could like JDS, as you said, yeah, is alive in this fight. Um, so it'd be interesting. It's just like, he probably like Gan isn't necessarily like that, committed a pressure fighter but like he can kind of do it um i mean as, and as, JDS as likes that, it. yeah surely he's if he's not he, i hope after he figured out he's fighting jds he's put as much practice into pushing forward getting jds to the to the fence because we know that once jds is moving back in a straight line towards that fence then you know there's opportunities are plenty yeah um so if he gets JDS there, which I imagine he will, um, he'll probably land some big shots on him, and it'll be just yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting to see where Garn's at, basically. Yeah, I think I would I'd favour Gan or Garn, how how we're saying it, but I think minus four fifty is 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 a bit wild, um, and if I was. If I was, you know, sticking one, you know, a pound down on sort of one fight, a JDS, a JDS win could could certainly be one that you could you could get a get a get a bit of money back and certainly yeah. perhaps closer than what the odds makers are suggesting. Yeah, it, the only kind of like JDS has been knocked out in his last three fights um, is kind of the only um, caveat, so to speak. Um, so how durable he is at this point. Um, we don't know, so it's very possible Gan can just go in there and finish him fairly quickly because JDS can't really take it anymore. Yeah, um, we'll move on to well, I guess the next one on the card: um, Kevin Holland versus Jack Rosa. Um, Kevin Holland was supposed to be fighting well was 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 supposed to be the replacement for darren till um <laughs> for manson then got covid 
uh, and now fights Jacques Array, who was supposed to be Marvin Vittori's opponent, who who then obviously stepped up to fight Hermanson in the main event. Um, we'd sort of been, you know, the 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 infamous sort of COVID run, as as I have as as as, as it's been dubbed. He um, Kevin Holland's been fighting very frequently, but against guys that haven't really told us too much on what his level is. I think his fight against Darren Stewart showed that he's like you know slowly working his way up. But this fight is certainly one where if he can get a win, and we can say okay, you are you are you know a a force, you know someone someone in this division who 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 should be respected. Yeah, um, it is. Ju- it has just seemed kind of that um, Kevin Holland has started to take it maybe a little more seriously, kind of. Uh, just kind of like it seems a bit like a attitude change in part um, on this COVID run. Um, but also, um, having said that, looking down Kevin Holland's record and like how he normally fights, he has been submitted only just over a year ago by Brendan Allen. Um, and when you're fighting Jacques Ray Souza, that does not bode well. So yeah. that would be kind of a big thing to take into consideration that um, Kevin Holland can be a little vulnerable to submission. Um, and he's fighting one of the best grapplers kind of, well, in the UFC, certainly in the division. Um so, I don't know. And also, I don't really know how his game on the feet will necessarily... It doesn't seem geared to kind of keeping Jacare away from him. I feel like Jacare will have quite a lot of success pushing forward and ripping to the body. Um, he looked, he, Jacare did that very well against Weidman. Um, even though that, that was a very back-and-forth fight. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Kevin Holland can bring to this fight. Um, but I don't know. He's also he's quite tall, but I think he's quite a lot slimmer and just overall smaller than Jacare. Um, so I don't really see it going well for him. But I think we'll just just kind of have to see where Kevin Holland's yeah, at. I, yeah, I think as you said, there there is certainly weaknesses and there's places that. Jacare can get at. The only thing I would say is this is a Jacare who we've not seen in, although he was scheduled, I think he was scheduled to fight he was actually scheduled to fight at 249, so the first fight but the first card back, he was supposed to fight Uriah Hall uh, Oh, okay. Um, Sosa got um, Jacare got COVID, I think he was the first victim of it um, so Oh we, yeah, we I do remember that we haven't seen him in, well, it will be 11 Over months. No, in, in 13 months. And we've not seen him at middleweight in, well, in, in, in 20 months, really. Um, yeah. So the o- yeah, that's the only thing I can say is, 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 is perhaps this is a, you know, he is now, how old is he now? 40? Old. <laughs> 41. He's Something 41. Like so... If I think I think if he if he can settle into this fight and if he's if if there's still elements of Jacare um still there, I think I think there's certainly ways for him to win this fight. But I think I think it'll be a close one. Um yeah, maybe I'm slightly kind of underrating Kevin Holland. Um <laughs> he does have like he does 
have tools that he can use. Um, but I don't know. I just if Jacare is kind of because even Jacare at forty one, I still feel like is probably maybe the better athlete. Um, and then technically is in many aspects far superior as well. Um, I don't know. Maybe yeah. Maybe I am biased here because I do quite like Jacare. Um, but yeah, I just see him if he's anything like as you said, if he's anything like Jacare of old, um, he should get this done. And I can yeah, see I really so. see him sub submit in Holland. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's we'll that. move. We'll move up. Um, Morkano Vasiev or Vasiev Vasiev. I'm not quite sure how it's pronounced. Fizzy, um, I've heard. Yeah, Fizzy, perhaps. I think that was supposed to be on the Smith Clark card, and that would have well made the Smith Clark Clark card a bit a bit watchable. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think I think a Moicano COVID test, and this has been rescheduled. I don't have too much in the way of knowledge of how this is going to go. What I would say is, I think it's going to be a banger. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think it's Moicano on the feet really does need to get his jab going. Um, but if he can't do that, he's in trouble. And as we saw in the Korean zombie fight, um, he is counterable off of the jab. And Fazeev is defensively very sound and fairly good on the I mean, he's fantastic. Like, compared to most um, MMA fighters, he's just kind of a bit of a step above in terms of his striking. He's very experienced in kickboxing. Um, so I struggle to see... Moicano getting his jab and then just overall his game on the feet going. Um, I think that Fizeev will probably tear up his body with body kicks. Um, he's, Moicano's got a fairly lanky, thin frame. Um, and unlike Jacasey, I don't think can take those all night. Um, so to me, Moicano's really does have to get some wrestling going in this, um, which he is capable of doing. Um, because, and we haven't really seen Fazeev, not to my knowledge, fight a kind of good wrestler or someone that's really committed to taking him down. Um, so, I don't know. Um, I yeah. probably favour Fazeev just based on that I see it playing out mostly on the feet and him probably tearing up um, Moicano with kicks. And then countering his jab and kind of just shutting shutting Moicano down a little bit. Um, but then, like, yeah, Moicano has probably got to get the wrestling going for my money. Yeah, I think it'll be a very interesting fight regardless. Um, yeah, I think it'll be really fun. Um, the... Well, we, we then move up to our, our co-main, which I think... I think uh, the people's main event gets sort of banded <laughs> around quite a lot, but I think for all intents and purposes, you know, could, could they not have just stuck a an interim belt on and given us and given us this? This is a five rounder. Um, <laughs> Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira. Um, this is just going to be carnage. The first, well, as as I was saying before um, we came on, I was sort of making notes and I was thinking, is this too soon for Ferguson? You know, to, to that battering at the hands of Gaethje, but in this sort of weird world that we're living in, everything is just sort of my 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 sort of calendar is all over the place. It has been seven months since Ferguson stepped foot in the octagon. Um, so 
you know, do, do we do we think that 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 Ferguson will be you know just just about the same as when he was? Surely something's got to be taken out of him. Um, yeah, that is a big question going into this. Is what like how is Tony Ferguson? What does he look like? Um, and that's kind of true in a number of ways. One, mostly in kind of durability. Um, he got absolutely battered by Gaethje. Um like and that is going to affect like his kind of legendary chin and recovery. Like you'd well you'd have to think it does. Um, Surely. So can he take the kind of shots that he has taken previously and recover from them? Um that remains to be seen. But also prob- like he is what, thirty seven, thirty six? Tay Ferguson is quite old and he does seem to be slowing down. Um so I think that's another thing that um, I think we're going to see a slightly slower Tony Ferguson than when he's at his best. Um, so, um, and Charles Oliveira has proved sig- improved significantly recently. Um, yeah, this is this is his, crazy. So um, he's been he's been in the UFC now for for ten years. He made his debut in yeah. twenty ten when he was twenty years old. He's had twenty six fights in the UFC. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Insane. Um, but so, and, but given that he has improved significantly recently, um, he's far more potent going forward and his game just kind of slots together a bit more. And he's got kind of a counter punching game to speak of now um, on the back foot. Um, but he's still mostly a kind of pressure club and sub guy like beat you up on the feet snatch snatch your neck when he can um so it'll be i see yeah i see as you said this fight probably will just be carnage um but Oliveira still isn't that great on the back foot and he did fight better on the back foot against tamor um Basically, Tamor is not Tony Ferguson, and Tamor doesn't have the kind of recoverability or chin that Ferguson does, and isn't nearly as potent. Um, so, whereas Oliveira managed to keep it together on the back foot versus Tamor, I just can't really see him doing that against Ferguson. I and Oliveira has kind of broken a little bit in the past, so I see Ferguson just kind of. Maybe a bit of a dicey first round, as it always is, mostly with Tony Ferguson. Um, but then, as it goes on, him kind of just breaking down Oliveira over time, cutting him up with elbows. Um, and yeah, but that's at least on the feet. And then when it goes to the ground, it's a, also a fantastic yeah, scrambling match as well. <laughs> this is the thing. It's like, you know, I think, I think the Oliveira, I mean, well, Ferguson's Ferguson's ground game is not is not is not something to be um no to be underestimated. But I think Oliveira clearly has the 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 strength there, or at least he that'll be that'll be where he wants to win the fight. But it's like will will Ferguson short will consciously try and keep it on the feet, or or if he if he takes it to the ground, is is Ferguson going to be the sort of the crazy guy to sort of try and trade with? With Ferguson, or sorry, trade with Oliveira when it when it when it comes to sort of a, a grappling exchange. Yeah, Oliveira's weird. Like he's very potent on the ground, like offensively. However, is probably the highest level kind of guy that is very vulnerable to submissions. Still, like 
considering yeah, how good a grappler he is in a lot of risky positions to yes. get the submissions but that in turn if you're if, if you're against a guy like ferguson that is no slouch on the ground if if he's not careful and he puts some you know even a guy like kevin lee you know he put himself in a in a few positions in that in that in that first round that kevin lee reversed he got on top and and got Oliveira in some tricky positions himself so a guy like a guy like yeah. tony ferguson if he's, if he's clever um take advantage of that very aggressive ground game that, that, that Oliveira has. Yeah, um, I think mostly, though, probably what I see happening on the ground, like, I think Oliveira does have the advantage there, and if he can get on top, it can be he can work from there and it can be fairly dicey for Tony. Um, but I mostly see Ferguson being able to scramble and kind of roll um, with Oliveira. And he might get himself in some dangerous positions. Um, I could see Oliveira taking his back at some point. He's very good at that, obviously. Um, but yeah, Ferguson being able to scramble out of them, get it back to the feet, and continue to kind of bring the pressure down on Oliveira. Yeah, I think um, this is just going to be a bang. I think I think I'd probably favour yeah. <laughs> um, Tony Ferguson just a smidge. What I would say is it's three rounds. Um, Oliveira's had 26 fights. Only two of those have gone to a decision. One loss and one win. And in, in Tony Ferguson's run, I'm just looking now, he's got a decision against Eves Edward, a decision against Michael Johnson, um, a decision against Josh Thompson, and one against RDA. So there's not a lot of decisions in either of their resumes. I think this one's going to yeah. be a finish. But I just don't... I, just, I think I'll favour Ferguson. I think, he's, I think he's got that elite experience that... That Oliveira has, and I think if you look at Oliveira's run, as much as it is a, a six-fight win, and that and that victory over Kevin Lee shouldn't should not be, um, you know, should should, should definitely respect. It's like guys like Jared Gordon and Nick Lentz and David Tamer, you know, Jim Miller, Clay Guida. It's a good run, but it's not, you know, the guys, the guys that you know, the Cerrones, the RDAs, the you know, the Pettises. Um, the the Barbosas, the guys, the guys that Ferguson's been sort of trading with for the last sort of three or four years. Yeah, um, so it it is the big question of how does Tony Ferguson look? Um, but if he is kind of near his peak, I could see him. Yeah, see him breaking Oliveira. Although Oliveira has looked kind of more mentally durable as of late, um, so it's possible that he can, if he's just really game for this fight, um, we could get a just back and forth war all over the place scrambling everywhere um but yeah one thing we know is it is going to be fantastic and it just it can't disappoint i don't see how it does i haven't said exactly. that it's going to be a snooze fest now but surely not <laughs> um, i just can't see it i can't, I can't imagine um, we'll move then to our main event um the the same weight division one of the same fighters who was on the last ufc pay-per-view um, in fact, Brandon Moreno, his, his, his opponent, was also on that same card. Um, Davison Figueredo, Brandon Moreno, a 21-day turnaround. Um, I don't know, you know, we sort of talked about it hypothetically after 255. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think by, by, by the time we'd come to talk about it, the fight had already been scheduled for 256. Yeah. And I don't think that too much of my thinking, my early thinking, has changed in that... I just think Figueredo is just too big, too strong, and too good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it had, my opinion hasn't really had time to change. Um, <laughs> um, true. Yeah, I, 
Probably is all I can really say. But um, I think Moreno's got chances. Like he didn't really get his boxing going that much against Royval. Um, but if he can get the jab going, I can see him kind of tagging up um, Figueroa a little bit if he can play a bit on the outside. And he is a very good grappler. Like, I don't necessarily know about his wrestling, but like, he's just his grappling, um, especially against Royval, looked very good. Um, so I think mixing that up, kind of staying, trying to play like jab, Figueroa from the outside, and then mix up his, mixing his wrestling um, can work for him. And it's, to be fair, I don't know if I've ever really seen Figueroa be tired. Based on the way he fights, I kind of think he should get tired. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I think, don't like. I think in that, um, I think in the GCA Formiga one that he lost, I think he's certainly tired in that. In the third round of that, there is also the the double weight cut that he will have had to do. We know that we know that it's a, big, a big cut guy. down from him. From, from uh, I mean, I, I imagine he probably didn't balloon back right up to one sixty or whatever the hell he walks around at. Um, but it's but it's it's still a it's still a big weight cut. Um, yeah, you look at what what Ferguson did cutting weight for 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 Khabib, you know, in that sort of weird way. It's not the same thing. But you know, it, it, this is this is two giant weight cuts in the space of three weeks. Yeah. Um, so I think I think this represents a, a step up for Moreno. I think to be honest, Moreno probably should have got the shot instead of Perez in the first place. Um, but but I, I still think that I still think Figueroa will just be too much for for, um, for Brandon Rainer. I think I think he's got the striking advantage. I think he's certainly got the power advantage. Oh, um, power massively. Um, <laughs> I mean, Moreno Moreno's wrestling average. I think I'd look at stats like Moreno like wrestles a lot, but he doesn't he doesn't chase a lot of um, submissions on the ground. You know, Figueroa will be chasing something like that. You know, the guillotine or or when it comes onto the ground. And the rear naked choke, if if that appears, so Moreno's got to be careful with those takedowns um, that he doesn't sort of overexpose himself. If if that's a way he chooses to go, I do think his boxing is is solid. I just, I just I just wonder whether it'll all just be a bit too much. Yeah, I think that um, and Figueredo is a good counterpuncher as well, um, which I think will can get um, Moreno into trouble if he's not careful. Um, and yeah, as you said, just I think too big, too powerful, um, and not enough kind of skill advantages in certain areas for Moreno to be able to really take advantage of his strengths. Um, so yeah, I fairly heavily favor Figueredo, um, which feels in a way a bit like a cop out. Like I just I can't see anyone at bantamweight at this point really that I would pick over Figueredo. Um, yeah. So it just, I, just I mean, feel like <laughs> it would be intriguing to see what happens after this because I mean I'm thinking of the guys the guys that are left you've got maybe um, well I guess the Garbrandt fight if that's still um, potentially happening I, I don't know what's what's going on with Garbrandt and his sort of long long COVID um, there's maybe Askar Askarov but I honestly think Figueredo is is probably looking for no more than one or two more defences before he he would want to move up to bantamweight. I mean, he, he can't be doing yeah. back up forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, it could even be after this fight, to be honest. But yeah, maybe Askar Askarov um, is probably the only person that 
kind of springs to mind. Uh, maybe Pantoja if you can get a win. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. But I fairly like Figueredo is kind of like a bit of a weird fighter to me. Um, but he is certainly very effective. He's a bit like um, kind of what's it, Joel Romero in a sense, very explosive and athletic, but kind of low output. But because yeah. he's a flyweight, he's yeah. still fairly high output. <laughs> um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, it should be a good fight. Um, Brandon, another thing to mention is Brandon Moreno is very tough. Um, I don't think he's ever been finished, and I think he's. I don't. I think he's very seldom knocked down or anything, um, if ever. Uh, so it could be. I mean, having said that, he's never faced a hitter like Figueredo, um, but it could be interesting. Um, but yeah, fairly heavily favour Figueredo. Um, yeah, well, that is that's essentially the card. I mean, you've got. Um, what else have you got on the? I mean, there's there's Cub Swanson, Daniel Pineda. Um, I think Pineda got a victory over um, smaller Burns, Herbert Burns, if I remember. Um, Mackenzie Dern versus Werner Janderoba. They're both like Muay Thai on a um, BJJ black belt, so that could be a fun exchange. Um, yeah, I think we'll. Unless you have anything, we'll probably leave it there in terms of our preview for two five six. Uh, no, that's everything, I think. Uh, um, oh, I've well, just yeah. seen Chase Hooper's back, actually. Um, so that's, let's see if he looks oh, like he's terrible. Well, that'd be yeah, he obviously, I hope he's learnt, learnt some, 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 some skills on the feet because he was getting outclassed by Alex Caceres, which is never a good look. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, well, yeah, he, he's opening up the card so we can attention to him. Um, yeah, we'll, be, we'll largely be back next week to to review that we've got the last card of the year um i think i mean we, we've 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 still not seen anything else which um has obviously lost um its main event um in in edwards versus chamayev but still got thompson neil aldo vera marais font um pettis morono i've just seen added on there so yeah there's plenty to be talking about there very good card. <laughs> and um, yeah, that'll probably be our last one. Well, certainly our last one before Christmas, but it could be our, our last one for a bit because we've not got one until Jan 2016. Um, so 20... maybe <laughs> 16th. 2016. <laughs> yeah, uh, time travel, we've gone. Um, cool. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, but yeah, so Jan 2016, 2021, I, I don't know what we'll, what, what we'll do. Maybe Maybe we could do sort of a a year end, end, of, end of year awards, um, maybe perhaps perhaps in the new year, um, or, or or just or just just before the new year. But we'll sort um we'll sort we'll sort we'll sort something out. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Um, thank stay you. safe and yeah. We'll uh we'll see you we'll see you next week. See you everyone. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.